Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the IFC's Archetypes of Destiny. My name is James Malamus. We've got a great episode for you. We join Dr. Lahab al Samurai and new co-host Gigi Alcalde, this time going over the psyche, Soma, and Jamf. It's a great discussion. We can't wait for you to hear it. If you enjoy the IFC's Archetypes of Destiny podcast and want to support, make sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. So without any further ado, Dr. Al Samurai, take it away. Welcome back to another episode of the Archetypes of Destiny. I am Dr. Lahab Al Samurai, and with me today, my co-host Gigi Alcalde is here with us. She is a therapist. She's also a Jam transformational coach. She, um, I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit about her. Um, Gigi. Yes, thank you, and thanks for inviting me to the podcast. welcome. Yeah. Um, as you said, I'm a mental health counselor and registered dietitian, also a jam coach, uh, trained with you um, about, I think, almost three years ago now. And, yeah. um, and I have a private practice uh, in based in Seattle uh, called Embody Nutrition and Integrative Therapies. And I've been working mostly with uh, eating disorder population, disorder eating, that kind of spectrum for yeah. uh, some years. And that's kind of the specialty that I've developed, but I also work with general mental health and general nutrition counseling, medical nutrition therapy. Um, and also um, my practice is very focused in, um, in mindfulness practices like self-compassion, meditation, yoga. So those are services that I also offer to clients. Well, that's a lot. That's pretty impressive. Um, I know that you work with uh, disorders, like eating with what we call a love disorder, basically. Mm -hmm. I, I think we came up with that term to describe it instead of an eating disorder, because it's about feeling better about oneself. It's about mm -hmm. calming oneself down. It's about do you want to talk a little bit about how you use JAMP with that and how you've seen um, how you've seen it improve their situation? How mm -hmm. you want to talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. So, um, well, something that was very clear from the beginning with, of course, eating disorders is and working with eating disorders uh, and individuals who have a difficult relationship with food, their bodies, is that um, there seems to be an underlying trauma or traumatic experiences that for which that relationship with food or relationship with their bodies kind of come to be, right? So I see eating disorders as functional, like they have a survival mechanism for clients mm. to um, live with the pain from you know different experiences in their lives uh the pain of their own relationship with themselves so i think they serve again a function to uh numb those feelings or disconnect or disassociate or um of course many different reasons so I, as um you know jam it's it's a treatment that helps tremendously with trauma healing yeah. 
and processing experiences that were painful and that might be unintegrated uh, or might be um, unconscious at some level. So <clears throat> I've been working with a lot of my clients who um, either have, uh, you know, a pre, uh, you know, have gone through nutritional rehabilitation or feel more stable with their eating and wanting to process some traumatic experiences we've used jam for that yeah uh, i also uh, have used it for people who with um that might be having difficulties or trouble with eating or having a lot of like um yeah like um hesitations or you know they're not quite yet there to start uh, given that an opportunity so jump actually helps to calm that fear or anxiety about eating or <clears throat> and so kind of prepping them for that process it's yeah. also for that but uh, overall I think it's been yeah really successful in helping individuals heal those uh, traumas again and and once we see that once those experiences are integrated and most people I see an improvement with their relationship with food, their relationship with their body, because again, the eating disorder does not have a functionality anymore. Once the, those traumatic experiences are, uh, processed, are processed, yeah. healed. Yeah. 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 I, I think <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible work that you do. It's, uh, because, it's a field that basically the treatment hasn't changed for the past 120 years. So mm -hmm. um, treating the traumas in the body right. and helping us uh, psychologically be able to integrate those, those uh, splintered off, those disconnected uh, feeling states. Mm -hmm. um, they're fragments of feeling states, anger, fear, um, anxiety, disgust, irritation, um, sadness, loneliness. Mm -hmm. And the way they start to ravage the body. Yes. Right? So it's a psychological process that's ravaging. And then there is the physical process of ravaging, either denying one's nutrition or denying one's ability to intake to mm -hmm. control their intake or to overcome it by overstimulation and over intake right but it doesn't matter what it is they're both two ends of the right of the poles and they're extremes yes so one is extreme and the other is extreme the question is where's the balance so we're hoping with treatment is to bring balance back that's what mm -hmm. we do with all of our clients with who uh, that we're working with, especially in trauma. The first thing is to bring back balance. Uh, less flashbacks, um, less um, disassociated body experiences, mm -hmm. uh, less disconnection, um, less bodily pain. Um, less negative thoughts and <clears throat> negative self-talk, right? We're going to 
we're we're planning to talk about the body keeps the score today with Gigi and yeah. we um wanted to talk about how the body keeps the score but also how you could get treatment for the score mm-hmm. where the body will give up the score to somebody else mm-hmm. it will not be the scorekeeper anymore it doesn't need to be mm-hmm. uh, by healing the trauma we heal the body and mind and they are one right brain heart heart brain brain heart so we have two mechanisms that basically act like two internal combustion engines for us the brain and our heart and they send messages energy blood back and forth to each other they reinforce so you actually have two centers that reinforce you runners know this very well because those two centers have to be in sync otherwise you collapse you can't finish the run um the brain has to constantly um ask the heart to do things the heart has to ask the brain to um do things so this is how it works so um let's talk a little bit about um Bez, uh, Basile van der Klok, MD, The Body Keeps the Score, uh, Brain, Mind, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about healing a lot, so we're going to start talking about trauma first and how the book talks about trauma. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. Do you want to start, Jeej? Sure. So, yes, this is the book for reference, the Bessel van der Kolk. Um, and I suggested to Dr. El Samurai to debrief yeah. this book because after it took me a while to pick it up, I had it in my bookshelf and um, through grad school. And it's it really, really... Um, help me understand trauma so much more and it's such a i think it's a masterpiece with very valuable information and um, also information that also resonated a lot with the jam training and the things that we talked about um well we write about these things in our jam book the uh the jam protocols book (laughs) one the alchemy of healing we talk a lot about healing the traumas and what the traumas hold, how they hold things. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think the, so, so I guess you want me to talk about the. Yeah, shall we, shall we start with the um, quote um, at the beginning of the book? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to read that? So the first one, the facing trauma. Yeah. Okay. So one does not have to be a combat soldier or visit a refugee camp in Syria or the Congo to encounter trauma. Trauma happens to us, our friends, our families, and our neighbors. Research by the Centers for Disease and Control Prevention has shown that one in five Americans was sexually molested as a child. One in four was beaten by a parent to the point of a mark being left in the body. 
and one in three couples engages in physical violence. A quarter of us grew up with alcoholic relatives and one out of eight witnessed their mother being bitten or hit. Yeah. So, yeah. Go on, go on, Gigi, you were saying. Well, I know, I mean, I think this is really significant and I think one of the main things that this book does and that we both agree is that it really uh, kind of remove like, breaks down that stigma or the, not the stigma, but this thought of that trauma only happens. Yeah. To soldiers or yeah, like, when this like extreme situations, like natural disasters or yeah. war veterans. But I think the statistics are really shocking and yes. like, they're really important to understand that we all, to some extent, experience trauma in our lives and it's much more common than what we think it is yeah so <laughs> one of the the it, one in five americans was sexually molested as a child <clears throat> stunning yeah and and that's what's reported yeah right? but that is stunning if that that's the statistics that's reported mm -hmm. so that's a scary figure yes so we're talking about maybe two or three children out of five. Right. The other one is that <clears throat> that one in three couples engage in physical violence. One in three. That's stunning. And that's when you say that's what's reported. Mm -hmm. The other one is that a quarter of us grew up with alcoholic relatives. So a lot of people who've been traumatized. Yeah. And who are self, uh, who are taking care of self through mm -hmm. substance or through um, other means are raising these kids. Right? right, right. So even if they don't go through these other traumas, mm -hmm. they grow up with people who are traumatized. Right. Yes, that's a great point that we're not only we're not only talking about the people who undergo the trauma, yeah. the trauma survivors, but we're yeah. also the whoever inflicted the trauma. Exactly. Possibly also traumatized. Absolutely. So it's, yeah. It's ongoing yeah. cycle. So the intergenerational uh, trauma is being passed <clears throat> down. Yes. You know, the alcoholic or the alcoholic in the family or somebody who's using um, mass quantities of alcohol to numb their feeling states because they're trying to treat their feeling state. Nobody, nobody drinks that much alcohol if they're not trying to, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> you know, it takes, it takes a lot out of you. It makes you feel old and tired and uh, angry and irritated. So why are you doing that? Because it numbs you. And that means you have vast amounts of pain that you need numbed all the time. And the, what the body keeps the score is the body becomes addicted to the liquid because mm -hmm. it has so much sugar in it because of its effects. And therefore, the withdrawal becomes much more difficult. Mm -hmm. So the body's traumatized by it also. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. What's scary is is that 
it's rationalized to be okay that we're in pain and it's not okay. You don't have to be in pain. Right? Mm -hmm. I think this is what we emphasize with Jam. Mm -hmm. yeah. Rapid recovery from emotional trauma. That's what we're emphasizing. That's mm -hmm. It's the rapid recovery from this emotional trauma that holds. Mm -hmm. And the problem with the trauma, and Gigi, maybe your thoughts on this, is that it starts a crater and then everything else that happens in your life starts to fill in the crater of where all the trauma is. So it's like a field. Mm -hmm. right? We saw this with Stranger Things. Right? Underneath the field, the monsters lie. Mm -hmm. And so as the field from above, so is below. So you look at the field, it looks strange from above and stranger from below. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. <clears throat> yes. What are your thoughts about um, your experiences with people coming in and talking about trauma? What is... Mm -hmm. um, what is holding them back mostly? What <clears throat> I think we were talking about this earlier. I thought it was very interesting. Well, um, I mean, I think one thing I wanted to reference in the from the book in the yeah. first chapter is that idea that um, you know, talking it's not enough, right? Yeah. Why talking is that? Well, because of that, I in well, in my understanding, it's because um, I think for some people they might be just kind of stuck in a narrative. Yeah, you know, and and like not necessarily find a resolution. Yeah, after. the dissociated parts of the trauma are right. not connected to the narrative. Therefore, right. the narrative mm -hmm. is incomplete. Exactly. Yes. That's why they keep telling the story right. over and over again. Did I tell you what happened to me? Did I tell you what happened to me? Did I tell you what happened to me? Okay, so why isn't it like, you know, as we talk in the first book, uh, uh, Jamp and the Resolution of the Glitch, why mm -hmm. do we keep going back to that point? Mm -hmm. Because what the glitch has is holes. Yes. Right. It's not filled. So the narrative is missing pieces, emotional pieces, feeling states. Yeah. It's also missing those feeling states. Also, there's images that are missing. And so the narrative is the piece of the story I can recollect. Mm -hmm. I could bring back. So... Right what happens in psychotherapy is that you keep going through the narrative and the narrative is like a circle. You keep going through it, keep going through it. I usually use the term of uh, uh, rolling the stone up the hill. And then as you reach 50 minutes, it rolls back down the hill mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you go chasing it. And then you say to the person, Hey, see you next week. I'm sorry. We had to cut this right. short. Yes. Right. 
Yeah, that that's a great point that just through talk therapy, we might not be able to access those unintegrated parts yeah. or aspects of the trauma that might be like, again, very people might be very disassociated from or might be just lying on the unconscious. Yeah. Um, and but I also want to say that some people are stuck in the narrative because it also gives meaning there. That's what they identify with. Yeah that narrative that's like who I am and the extension of what they are or what they could be it's very limited because they yeah. keep holding on to that so when they hold on to the narrative the dissociative material is like a magnet mm -hmm. it keeps the narrative in place so I become identified with the narrative mm -hmm. right it's the integration of the narrative that then I don't have to be as identified with it anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a story. It's one of the stories that I lived through. It's not who I am. Mm -hmm. It's not what I am. It doesn't define my existence on this planet. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So these are the different states that hold us in the trauma. Mm -hmm. So one is identifying with the narrative. Right. right. Mm -hmm. So these are ways that we start to, um, my trauma becomes my story. My story becomes who I am. Who I am is my trauma. Mm -hmm. Well, that's dangerous. Right. Because basically what you're saying is that you are a piece of fracture that's incomplete mm -hmm. and missing a lot of pieces mm -hmm. right and so the treatment jump uh, young in advanced motor processing is to rapid recovery from mm -hmm. emotional trauma it's the treatment to move that right. we want we want the stone to get over the mountain and roll down the other side. Yes. At the end of the session. That's mm -hmm. why the session is 90 minutes. That's why 60 minutes are devoted to the treatment. And then 30 minutes are to the meditation to reintegrate them. Basically to reintegrate those pieces that have splintered off that mm -hmm. have come through during the treatment. Right. To be integrated. Yes. Yeah. So, but I, I want to make the point and I, yeah. I'm not sure if you've talked about more in depth about jam, like what jump entails, like the whole treatment and yeah. why it's so effective in, in the work that we do with integrating traumas, because again, we're not just talking about the experience, but in those 90 minutes of time, we are using prolonged bilateral simulation both visual right. and auditory that's helping you know and that's where I feel like there's something more that we need than just talking about it yeah Correct. like the movement this technology helps and I guess the theory is that we're bridging that gap between the emotional brain and the rational brain yeah. so that we can make sense of those experiences and I think that's that's the theory or recreating that REM eye movement yeah. uh, that it's 
ideally, or the, the theories that it's helping store those memories into the places in the brain where they can be integrated. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I think, and I always told you this, the, the affirmations of I am are yes. so valuable in helping people reconnect to their core self, their true authentic self. And from that place, understand what happened to them and 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 see it as again uh, an external or a narrative that's just part of their experience it's not the totality of who they are right so i really love the affirmations i am not afraid i am safe i am protected i, I am, am loved i am, am confident loved. i am brave i'm powerful i'm amazing i think that was Early on, what we we noticed as we started, uh, Gigi was with me when we started actually putting the theory together mm -hmm. and understanding the ins and outs of how this theory works. And as we do the bilateral, both visual and auditory, we we are helping um, to activate the parasympathetic system. Um, and that way you don't freak out. Right. Because the parasympathetic is calming you down. It's like, okay, well, no threat here, but you could talk about it. So you will see people's eyes widen up. You will see people crying, but they're not grabbing themselves. They're not running out of the chair. Mm -hmm. You know, they are able to sit in the chair and talk to you through this horrific trauma. They're so brave, they walk you through it. So the affirmations are like healing water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's more than just I can do this is I am this. You know, I am the wind. I am the water. <clears throat> I am all the elements of this planet. I am, you know, mm -hmm. because what do we lose in the trauma? We lose the sense of I am, right? I become broken and that's what we lose. We lose I am. I am beautiful. I am complete. I am confident. I am successful. I am not afraid. Mm -hmm. We start to fear. Yes. We start to take steps to not to put ourselves in situations which isolates us from other people and we become negative. And so the negative self-talk is eating us up. Mm -hmm. I'll always be like this. I can't, you know, I can't believe that. I can't be like other other people. Like it's all negative. It's like I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Instead, we use the affirmations, I am. Right. I am whole. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I am beautiful. I am smart. Because it's mm -hmm. it's about acknowledging self, right? And so this is where Jungian theory comes in. The selves brings us back to mm -hmm. the integration process. The self starts recalling us. It's like, because those names always ring true. Those are pieces of us. 
the I am affirmations are not mine. They're the self's. This is the self telling you what it is. Right. It's many things. Mm -hmm. It's not one thing. And therefore, the trauma should mm -hmm. not be the one thing that defines you. Mm -hmm. Because we are many and we become one. The idea of individuation, integration is that we find our way in the world to understand all our individual pieces, both emotionally, psychologically, physically, and make sense out of them. Mm -hmm. Make a narrative. You're talking about being caught in that narrative. Mm -hmm. What are your experiences when you work, you, you've worked with people? Mm -hmm. um, do you have any any thoughts about maybe an experience that people mm -hmm. have relayed to you about the treatment? Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to kind of follow up on that point that you made about, again, your previous question about what was one of the challenges to, for people to talk or to process yeah. trauma. I think yeah. the nervous system dysregulation or that state in which they're in that it's so difficult to even sometimes to talk or to to finish the narrative yeah. or to access other parts of that narrative that they might know but it's just hard to access that feeling state in a in a therapeutic room yeah I think like one of the things i constantly hear from clients is that immediately within the first 10 minutes 15 minutes of the session uh, they are feeling regulated in their nervous system state. They're yeah. feeling calm. They're feeling uh, okay to start kind of exploring or or talking or discussing what it is again and again. It's beyond that narrative. It's that the feeling state attached to it. Because as you know, a lot of people can talk about the trauma experience, but there's this mechanism of I'm talking about the trauma, but I'm dissociating from the feeling state because yeah. I'm just talking about it and I'm repeating the story to myself, but I'm not really connecting to the feeling state because it's 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 too much. So I think that's one thing like throughout the treatment and throughout um, like, of course, right after 90 minutes what I hear it's I'm feeling very calm I'm feeling very you know balanced and regulated I think that then just to give someone that gift of feeling that way for again it's kind of like a break because again a lot of the people I work with are very anxious or have a lot of post-traumatic stress symptoms or are and carry a lot of pain in their bodies carry pain in their bodies yes and it's a way to help them with their pain mm -hmm. yeah yeah so 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 that's one thing the other thing that we we mentioned a lot of affirmations but we didn't mention the body affirmations which is yes. i am present in my body i am safe in my body i am whole in my body so all like again we're not only calming the nervous system down but yeah. with the body affirmations and that's why i think jam it's a body focused therapy or, yeah. or you know 
it's much as a somatic therapy as it is a psychic therapy. Right. It's it because we're treats also, both. Right. Helping people come back to their bodies in a regulated nervous system state. Yeah. Right. So that, yeah. again, I'm not dissociating from when I'm telling the story and I'm with that feeling. Yeah. So I'm right here. But um, the technology is helping me to feel. Yeah. To feel safe enough in my body to experience that yeah. trauma that's held in the body because that's the other thing right it's yeah. not only a, a, a cognitive narrative it's yeah. that the trauma it's in the body yeah. and it's in the nervous system too yeah well it's being held in a way the trauma the dissociated material is being held like we said there's a magnet it's almost like two axes mm -hmm. right so one axis is the narrative and the other axes is the disassociated, disconnected pieces of feeling states, right? It could also be images. It could also be sounds. It could also be um, smells, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So it could be several different things. It will also be taste, Right. All of these things can be disassociated. So what happens is like, for, for example, if you were at a fair and you were having a sugary drink, like a Slurpee, and you saw a trauma, and now you can't have sugary drinks anymore. Anything that's too sweet is going to trigger you. Mm -hmm. But you've forgotten why. Because you dropped that Slurpee right away, so... It couldn't have been because I was not drinking it anymore, but the taste is in your mouth. So when the the event happens, right, everything basically starts to no longer be held. The prefrontal cortex does not input it anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't reach it. Right. The amygdala kicks in and says, this is about life and death. This information is for me. Right. This is not for you. So the emotional center starts to operate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And through the emotional center, it starts to pull in this material. So the prefrontal cortex is not... It's not going through the logic center. It's not making any sense. So when you see somebody in a, in a trauma or after a trauma, well, what did you see? They'll say, I was in shock. Right. So the prefrontal cortex is not operating. Mm -hmm. So the shock response is coming from where? It's coming from the emotional center. Too much, too much, too much. Yeah. You know? And sometimes what breaks it is a sound, like somebody screaming or somebody yelling. And suddenly a lot of people start running. People who are frozen in time suddenly now is like, oh. So then the screaming is also becomes part of the mechanism. But you don't know. Maybe it's a faraway scream. So a loud scream is not going to trigger you. But something that you hear like a scream that's coming from far away is going to be your trigger. So 
most people are not going to be able to identify the scream. They're going, I'm not afraid of screaming. I don't get triggered by screaming. But they've forgotten that this is a far away scream. This is not up close and somebody yelling. Mm -hmm. That's not a trigger. The other one is. And so there's a nuance about the triggering mechanisms that we have. And so people will sit there and try to um, categorize all their triggers. The problem is categorizing your triggers, you still, you still get triggered and it's all in hindsight that you recognize the trigger. Mm -hmm. So in psychotherapy, you can sit there and say, yeah, I figured out a day after what triggered me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The treatment, young advanced motor processing, deactivates the triggers because it reintegrates the emotional shards of feeling states back into the original narrative, the story, the images first. So it reconnects to the images now. So think about it. So the trauma occurs and what you have is an old black and white movie that's cut off. Like you'll see like a couple of reels and then it'll like spin out, like burn up. Mm -hmm. That's all I remember. Okay, so now we have this lab where we could restore all the original prints. And we can make it color. We can give it sound. Now we play the movie and it has the horrific sounds and colors. And, and now I've seen it. It no longer is running in my head three reels. And then, and I couldn't tell you exactly what those reels are. I could tell you this happened but I can't tell you how it happened or where it happened or now I could feel at least the feeling state when I was there. Was I scared? Was I hungry? Was I angry? Was mm -hmm. I tasting something bitter, sweet? Was I smelling something bad or even beautiful or mm -hmm. even disgusting? Right? That's why we have these visceral reactions when we're triggered because the body has feeling states that are disassociated from it. So it's not just the image. The body's feeling states are disassociated. Those feeling states need to come back. Mm -hmm. Right? Because what if you were excited when you were traumatized. Does that mean you were asking for it? Does that mean you wanted to be traumatized? No. The body can get excited and you could get traumatized. Mm -hmm. You know, you're playing in a pool. The sun, the air, you're jumping up and down and then you watch somebody drown. That day's goes to crap very quickly. Right, mm -hmm. G? Mm-hmm. So all of those things. So now you smell the coconut oil that people are using to uh, for, for sun lotion. You can smell the cream, the sun cream. 
you could hear the whistle. You're hearing the sounds of the splashing water. Mm -hmm. You're hearing the mummerings and yelling of people. Right? So if somebody was eating something or you smelled something that was, smelled good to you as you walked by or you had a Coke in your hand or all these become part of the trauma. But all you remember that day was there was a kid who drowned in the pool that I was swimming in. So I never swam again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a kind of like a whole body experience, right? Like, or we're, yeah, that information is, um, that we're intaking, it's associated with the trauma and it's triggered in our response, not only in the brain, but also in the body. Yes. Yeah. So you disassociate things from the mind and the body they're one mm -hmm. right but what happens is is that as we understand from the science is that the body holds on to that missing piece like a magnet and wants mm -hmm. it back it's missing so when you're triggered, that piece is activated. Mm -hmm. So the body will start hurting. So if there's fear, the stomach, will, your gut will start hurting you. Like you'll go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Right? Because fear keeps you from holding anything. Destabilizes you. Right. Right? And your softest part is your stomach. Or if it's anger or sadness, you hold it in your chest. So in the treatment in JAM, we ask, mm -hmm. where are you holding your tension? Where is it being held? It could be in your knee, it could be in your crotch, it could be in your stomach, it could be in your chest, it could be in your neck, it could be in your jaw. Right. Some people clench. Right. So everything that happens in the body, everything that the body does is what's happening internally, psychologically for you. Mm -hmm. The body's not doing anything it's not supposed to be doing. Right. It's translating to you what your pain is. If you're not listening, then you're in a lot of pain. And it seems aimless. Mm -hmm. But we know the body doesn't do aimless. The body doesn't hurt for no reason, but it feels like it hurts for no reason. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You want and to I... talk about you want to talk about it. Um your client to um their body turned on them. We we talk about um disease and how disease develops. Right. All right. Immune diseases, for ex right. example. Okay. Basically, the body turns against itself. Mm -hmm. That's the basic biology is that the body turns, the body thinks the body's parts are enemies and it starts attacking certain parts of the body. Mm -hmm. Okay, why does that happen? Right. Well, we could think about it. 
do we turn on ourselves if we're holding a trauma? Do we start arguing with ourselves? Do we get angry at ourselves? Do we judge ourselves? Do we shame ourselves? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that's one of the things also that's talked on chapter one about the shame of the trauma and how that's yeah. one of the things that's most difficult to let go. Uh, and I think, I mean, and I, I, I'm, I'll speak to my client, but yes, this a client with an autoimmune disease. Um, and how I've, again, the association is, again, a lot of trauma and early childhood and through yeah. developmental years. And a lot of uh, what I understand and even more with time is how the child blames himself or herself herself right yeah. like um so that like this happened because of me or i must have done something wrong or i'm you know broken somehow or i'm not worthy enough and of the you know love or care or yeah so i think there's a lot of self-loathing that happens and I, 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 my interpretation is, and, and I think that's the theory that I've seen more common is like that the body turns towards itself. Yeah. Or because of that relationship. Um, well, there's a psychological struggle going on mm -hmm. about me and my other pieces, the piece that blames me, the piece that shames me, the, the piece that frames me, the piece that protects me right right so they're like a different pieces that are speaking up like subpersonalities they're yeah. incessant they're always arguing yeah you did this no you didn't they did that you mm -hmm. know it's an ongoing thing and there's this because of the fragmentation absolutely yes. yeah that's a great point like the fragment fragmentation of the different parts yeah how they're trying to protect from yeah. different and kind of a like conflict with each other yeah I mean just that consistent uh state of being can also create an imbalance in the body that might make it more prone to autoimmune disease but also other types of disease absolutely like, we know this from the ace right mm -hmm. the ace has been um is been used with almost 100,000 people. And so these, this is a huge sample size yes, for a psychological measure. Right. And so we see this over and over again, the higher your A score, if it's four or above, mm -hmm. right? The higher it is that you've, that you suffered some kind of childhood trauma. You've had a parent who was an alcoholic or you had a household that was very loud and um, there was a lot of fighting or conflict. If you were physically or sexually abused, if you felt physically or sexually unsafe, if you, um, if you were feeling like food deprived right. or if you didn't have uh, enough clothes or shelter, 
Right. So what we start to see is exactly what you're talking about is if you have a score of four or more, you start developing all kinds, not just autoimmune disease, but you'll skin diseases, um, physical ailments where they could become chronic because, mm -hmm. you know, there's only so long that the body holds on to something and then it doesn't become real. It becomes real very quickly. But what we do understand is this is so even if the situation is chronic, like autoimmune, it can be reversed. Mm -hmm. The body does heal itself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the body keeps the score, but the body is also self-healing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so what we do with JAMP is we activate the body's natural self-healing mechanisms. Mm-hmm with the integration of the fragmented pieces, with the integration of the dissociated feeling states, with, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so on and so forth. So with these things, the body starts to heal. The mind starts to heal. And so theoretically, we, we have an idea. We'd like some MRIs or PET scans in the future, in the near future to do. Mm -hmm. But we will show that the treatment actually heals the brain. We know this theoretically. We also know it from scientific papers that if you have a traumatized brain and you're doing this treatment, our treatment, because I I have some measure of experience with working with people who've had damage. So for instance, uh, concussion, it will start healing the brain very quickly. Mm -hmm. right? It's the activation of both the sound and the eye movement. Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And we look forward to adding more to that. Because ultimately, the more you can integrate the body in the treatment, mm -hmm. the faster the treatment moves, the yeah. faster we could reintegrate. Yes. Yes. Right. What are your thoughts, Cheech? Yeah, well, I'm thinking about, I just wanted to kind of bring up and again, I'm not sure how much you've talked about the whole process of JAMP and like the therapeutic uh, kind of intervention, but we do use the A score as a pre-test, right? The adverse yeah. child experiences. So that gives us some idea of how much trauma this person has endured in their early lives, which we know it's one of the most difficult and yeah. challenging to heal. So how, how much how many sessions that would require like it helps us to kind of like have an uh estimation of like the statistical measure yeah right with the ptci and the somatic scale right right so that's the other two points yeah. like so the a score helps us to under better understand the client and also how much trauma they might how much the trauma has extended into their bodies to yeah. how other co morbidities that are showing up with the mental health or the trauma 
like it, it helps explain a little bit and having this really valuable study in that context and data to better understand yeah. lines. But also we have the somatic scale, which we're checking weekly, right? Especially for clients who have chronic, live with chronic pain or have a whole a lot of stress in the body. We are measuring the how they're yeah how much how how many symptoms or how symptoms physical symptoms are showing off for that person throughout the treatment yeah um which i yeah i think it's it's really valuable to keep that again integration of the body um, yeah and then we have the ptci uh the post-traumatic cognitive inventory that actually dr von der Kolk talks in the book too is a really good measurement for post-traumatic stress oh really good yeah we yeah, think it's so a very important measure yes yeah yeah you're 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 outlining our publication that's coming out yes. we just published it with the journal of uh brain and behavioral science mm -hmm. this is our third publication this one is what Gigi is describing is our research study yes um with certain clients who volunteered for the research study and and it, it doesn't identify anybody it doesn't identify gender we don't identify um age or gender um we identify them by a number of sessions and severity of uh symptomology mm -hmm. so the symptomology would be in the ace mm -hmm. so if it's a four or more score um then you can see how um, they have suffered from trauma, mm -hmm. how severe the trauma was, how early on it was. So the different sizes of trauma, right? Not every size of trauma is the same. Mm -hmm. Yet the the effect of it is devastating while the same. Whether right. the trauma was the same or not is a different issue. The effect of the trauma mm -hmm. is devastating. The long-term effects of the trauma will keep seeping through you. It's uh, like a poison. Yes. It has to be worked through. You can't run away from it. Right. You can't pretend it's not there or doesn't exist. Unfortunately, I would like to say, yeah, yeah, that philosophy worked. It didn't work for me. So um, I know it doesn't work for my clients either. So that's something. And if we have a treatment, right, Jeej? Mm -hmm. If we have a treatment for this kind of pain, which a huge part of our society carries, mm -hmm. the global society as a race of humans on this planet, mm -hmm. we should treat the pain we wouldn't be so angry at the rain anymore we treat the pain mm -hmm. yeah yeah absolutely well we have um we have reached our time for today we will be back next week to cover more of the body keeps the score and kind of talk about young advanced motor processing and 
um, rapid recovery from emotional trauma, how that works and how the description of what happens to us and the understanding of how it's resolved, you know, how can we balance the two? How is it resolved? Let's understand how it manifests itself and how it grows and how we move that into a digestible narrative, something that we could file away. Mm -hmm. We don't have to keep running that three real black and white over and over again. That yeah. silent movie in our heads. Yeah. There's hope and there's help. There's right? hope and help. Yeah. Yeah. So with that uh, in the description, if you guys want to check um, Gigi and her practice, that will be in the description for the podcast and the Zoomcast. Okay. We will see you next week for the Archetypes of Destiny. Um, we'll talk soon. Did you want to say goodbye to everybody? Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it and enjoy the talk. Okay, great. Well, we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Archetypes of Destiny. We hope you enjoyed hearing from Gigi and Dr. El Samurai. You can also find us on the YouTube at Institute for Conflict. Make sure to check out the Jam Institute for Training Admissions Call podcast as well. Tuning in next time to the IFC's Archetypes of Destiny podcast for another episode soon. The IFC is a non-for-profit institution. We do not have any paid advertising for our podcast. We do accept donations. All donations and contributions are tax deductible. You can find more info at the Institute for Conflict.com.